Hey there, everybody. This is Sean King, your host with My Youth on Record. Today, we're interviewing the vocal sensation Damien McGinty. Hope you guys enjoy. I've actually seen it firsthand where um, a person is one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And, and the work ethic just, it, it's not there. It doesn't exist. They either want things done for them or they can't motivate themselves to like get it done, to like get a project done, to set deadlines, to have targets. They just didn't have that. And the talent goes to waste. Welcome to My Youth on Record, a podcast where musicians share the music they created as teens and the stories behind their songs. My name is Mona, and I'm super excited to be joining Sean King as your co-host for another season of My Youth on Record. Can you imagine winning a karaoke competition at just four years old? Damian McGinty can, and he hasn't looked back ever since. Today we delve into the mind of Damian as he shares the importance of work ethic what it was like winning the Glee Project, and much more. Let's listen in. Well, Damien, thank you so much for being here. The The theme of this podcast is we like to talk about people's early days yeah. of recording, writing, creating, and you've been at it for a long time in so many different ways. It's yeah. going to be an interesting conversation, but I'll just jump right into it. And I want to say welcome to Mona, my co-host. Hello. Hi, Mona. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. So you clearly have a distinguished baritone. I'm wondering, was there a moment where family started noticing you singing and someone said, hey, we should pay attention to this guy? Um, yes, at a very young age, actually. Um, I was about four years old um, whenever we were in Turkey in Europe at the time. We're on like the, you know, standard family vacation or whatever. And there was at the back of the accommodation that we were staying, there was like, you know, like the nightly karaoke thing that was going on. Um, and I was, I, I was quite fearless as a child and I, I had no idea I could sing. I mean, I could barely speak words. I was four years old, but I was like, I want to go up and sing. And my parents were like, no, you're, you're not going to have to sing. And I was like, yeah, no, I want to go up and sing. And I was like, the only song I know is uh, My Heart Will Go On, Celine Dion. <laughs> I don't know how I knew that, but I did. Um, but I didn't end up singing that. I sung, there's a group back home in Ireland called Boyzone, and I sung a song called No Matter What. And I was four. And, and man, I'm sure like a lot of this was the sympathy vote, but I ended up winning that competition as a four-year-old. And like those people that were in it that were taking, like every karaoke competition, I feel like they were taking it very seriously. And yeah, I won it. And I, my parents thought I was like going to embarrass them. But I remember like coming back down, like everyone was standing up and my parents were like, wow, you can actually, you've got a voice. This is kind of weird. And it just kind of grew from there. And it was just, you know, it's something that I've always uh, loved doing, number one, I would say, um, since literally four years old. Were yeah. your parents musical? No, no. It was so random. Like I, I didn't grow up in a musical family like my grandparents would like sing in church and like you know like the standard kind of thing where like they would be like in choirs or like male vocalists or but like in terms of real music industry experience um that that flat out doesn't exist in my family so it was very left of field whenever obviously whenever i brought that to the table you know 
Yeah, I guess that's got to be a weird thing for parents to to accept that you're going to go in a completely different direction that they that they would have expected. Yeah, it's like it's in the best possible way. You know, I I never was made to feel this way ever, but it's it's definitely like the idea of black sheep of the family is it? I mean, that was I was the definition of that. So, um, and I mean, I still am. I'm still. It's this career is. Uh, I mean, as you know, as as everybody's in music, it's the most unpredictable, uh, abnormal thing you could probably do for a living. At least it's up there. The security or like lack of security, the weird schedules that you work with, the. The idea that you're working so hard for six weeks and then you do nothing for two or three weeks and, you know, it's like such extremes and it's polar opposite of your standard nine to five, really. That's true. I, I get the sense reading about you and seeing things online that you've been surrounded by massively creative musicians and working with Celtic Thunder and, and being around people who were very creative. Was there a magnetism quickly or was it intimidating? Um, I think it kind of goes back to the idea again of like, I always had this fearless side of me. Like, I mean, for example, you know, you mentioned Celtic Thunder. That was the first professional gig I got and I was 14 years of age and I was working with people that were, as you say, in the industry and borderline legends, if not legends, like Phil Coulter, for example, who's an Irish musical director. He's had songs placed on like Elvis records and like he's he's had more success than than you can maybe fathom so as a 14 year old sitting down with him in a way being fearless helps but also the idea of of being so naive at 14 you don't really sit there and understand that and like fully grasp the idea that this man has achieved so much and now I'm working with him as a 14 year old so I feel like getting intimidated is kind of difficult because it, you don't really fully understand um the idea of like what this man has achieved, so uh, so that definitely helped. And um, being naive, in in my opinion, actually helps. Were you always the youngest in the vocal group? Yeah, by some distance, which definitely came with with its tough moments because of that. I mean, I was the kid. The closest to me was a twenty two year old, who, you know, looking at that now, I'm twenty six now. Twenty two to get that gig is still young, but it's a lot older than fourteen. Um, and then there was two 30-year-olds and a 40-year-old. So it was kind of spanning over a, a large sort of uh, range of age. And yeah, I was 14 and I was the kid of it. Um, it definitely had its 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 tougher moments, but a lot of it was incredible. And I mean, I learned so much. I kind of went in and was like, I want to be a sponge and absorb all of this. Nice. It seems as though some doors were opened up pretty quickly early on in your career. I'm curious to know... What were some of those important moments and how old were you and when those important things happened? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely had a strange um, beginning to all of this because it, it happened a lot younger than than it happens for, for, I mean, most people. And it also happened in a way that it wasn't like I got an opportunity, but nothing was like nothing was handed to me. I got a really kind of old school opportunity, which I think really benefited me to where I am today. It was old school in the sense that we had to start out making these records. We made a PBS special. And then the very first promo trip we did, I just turned 15. I did like 23 flights in like 18 days. So it was old school in the sense that I had to go through that. I had to learn very quickly to like discipline myself, figure out how to work hard, 
figure out how to work off of less sleep than you would like. Figure out how to get comfortable in front of the camera. Um, all these things that that I really had to learn very quickly. Um, but as I say, it wasn't like like we weren't flying in like jets and stuff the way people do. Like that wasn't what it looked like at all. It was quite old school in the sense that we were putting in serious groundwork. Um, and I'm so grateful for that experience and for for doing that because it's given me a work ethic that um that I can rely on and that I know is there and that can get me places because I feel like talent is a percentage of what you need but work ethic is is honestly maybe more than talent um that's what I've learned anyway well I think it's important for people to know too that winning the glee project was something that was that some people might think of like oh that's a that's a Cinderella story but I yeah. talking to you and understanding what you've what you go through and and your work ethic yeah it seems like had that had that just passed yeah you you still would have been on this like path to to stardom and that you were already on camera you were already comfortable working with professionals yeah, yeah. so it wasn't necessarily like a jackpot thing of course it opened doors no it was a chapter yeah I I look at it like a chapter it was it, I mean honestly. Man, it was it was a huge risk going into that because I'd spent four years doing this groundwork that I was talking about with like Celtic and like the old school thing. Slowly had like built a profile for myself, and then I was kind of risking a lot of, a lot of that to like go into this kind of a reality show, but like kind of not. It wasn't like American Idol or any of those things. It was not like that. It was all pre-filmed, and it was like for the creators and producers of Glee, and that just kind of really really appealed to me because of the work ethic thing i was like i feel like if they give me the tools and like show me how i'm the sort of person that i can go away work on that and come back 10 times better like i knew that was my personality so that was my theory going into the show i was like all right i'm willing to take this risk because if what they say is true and this is the way it's gonna look then i quite fancy my chances at that because i believe in the idea of you know growing as an artist growing as a person being a sponge, learning. And that that's the way it worked out. And I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Like, it was a lot of luck, a lot of right place, right time. Like, you don't win a competition that 40,000 people go into without having luck. It just doesn't happen. But I would say another element was definitely calculated risk and, and then discipline. And yeah, hard work. I agree. While Damien was on the TV show Glee, he was exposed to the best and the worst parts of the industry. Thanks to the guidance of his parents and a desire for longevity in life and a career, he was able to dodge the peer pressure that can come with the industry. He tells us more about how he was able to maintain his individuality throughout his various projects. He also gives us a peek at one of the first songs he wrote, a poppy heartbreak track called Atmosphere. Who who would you rely on in those times of like when you were along for that that wild ride? Like, was it parents? Was it was it other family members? Like, who was your who was your go to? A lot of it was parents. Um, my parents are really strong people. Like, a lot of the time I get when I'm at like meet and greets and like all this stuff, everyone's like, "You're so like normal, like doing." All. And I'm like, "Well, I can't really. I feel like I can't take credit for that because I'm just fortunate that my parents raised me the way they did, so that I can." try and make the right decisions like that's all I'm trying to do every day like and my parents really instilled that in me from a very young age um so yeah so I mean whenever there was hard moments it's never been an issue picking up the phone and being like 
listen, this is what this looks like. I'm really kind of struggling with this. Um, and my mom and dad would always have great advice on that. Um, and I, th- I, it's important to talk to someone because even though they don't understand the world that, that I'm in, the business that I'm in, there's simple life rules that applies to every everything you're doing, every bit of work that you, you can be doing. There's simple life rules that apply. And sometimes you just need like reminded of those. Um, and my parents were the best people for that, for sure. And what are some of those simple life rules? When I was younger, before this all started, and I was about to like venture into the world of music, and I just found out I got the Celtic Thunder gig, my dad sat me down and he was like, listen, I'm just going to trust that I've raised you in the right way. He's like, I don't know what this music world's going to look like, but just remember, no matter what, you always have a choice. And now any time I've ever been faced with like any type of decision to be made or like it's it still sticks in my head it's just like you always have a choice period when I was on Glee itself I was like started out at like 18 or 19 or something like that and I was going to those like standard um like Hollywood Hill parties do you know what I mean where like I couldn't really avoid it because it was like season three rap party or it was like another reason that I like kind of had to show my face there is things going on there that you know are not great like that's show business you know that's the bottom line is that you can't really hide away from that like people do drugs period and that's kind of the way it is and I've never done that and I don't believe in that but what has always helped me is that I just always try and make the right choice and it's like that simple that's solid advice and then with being in LA and and being exposed to all these kinds of new exciting people questionable people whatever the gamut at what point were you realizing that maybe maybe it wasn't just performing that you wanted to do, but also writing and creating your own work. I, I, I've known kind of honestly all along that I wanted to write. Um, I think the idea I've always had behind my career was people always ask me like, what are you looking for? And my answer is um, longevity. That is, I want to be doing this in my forties. I don't want to be doing this for I've been doing it for 12 years now. I've been fortunate to be doing it for 12 years. But I want to be doing this as a career for my life because I love doing it. And this is my passion. This is like um, the thing I've fallen in love with as a as a way to make a living. So my idea has always been longevity. And I figured that not to knock it down because people have their own thing going on and, and it works for a lot of people. But being a cover artist probably wouldn't cut that for me if I want to be doing it 20 years from now. And nothing will do more work for you in your career and in the music world than like a great song. Just because of the way my career had looked until I was like 18 or 19, I was like, I haven't had the time to to figure out like the craft of songwriting. It's not something that I've really had like a chance to be like, yeah, I want to get stuck into this. Um, But then sort of early 20s, but probably about six years ago now, I was like, all right, I'm going to start learning this craft. I'm going to give it the respect it deserves and not assume because I can sing and kind of act that um, that I can write a song because that's not how it works. Um, so, yeah, so I was like, I, I know I need to write songs. I need to create my own material. I need to create a brand. I need to go through all of this because I want to build something and I want to give my career the best shot it can possibly have at, at longevity. I heard you brought a uh, early demo for us to hear. Do you think we could play one of those? Yeah, go for it. I did. Which one would you like to hear? I mean, I feel like Atmosphere was probably really, really early doors. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it in so long. 
running back to me. Yeah, something's gotta give this time. You spend forever chasing lights, so don't you wanna spend the night? 'Cause girl, this happens all the time. I don't know why, but I can't fight it, and I can't get you out of my atmosphere. Standing at the side of your tragedy. This was one of the first sessions I think I ever did. It's a long time ago. How old were you? I was 19, 20. I didn't know my sound. Was this written for someone specifically? Yeah, this was about like an ex-girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, this was the start of the songwriting process was really difficult for me because I think what actually hurt me was the idea that I've been like a versatile performer for so long. I could like do so many, not to sound pompous, but like I could do so many styles of music. So when it came to like writing my own stuff, direction wise, I was like, where am I going to go with this? I was like, I don't know. Do I want to be Michael Bublé? Do I want to be Adam Levine? Do I want to be country? Like, do I want to do kind of old school Irish? So many things. And I was just like, this is really hard. This is really difficult. Like, And then, like, how will I ever get to a point where I'm confident in knowing that this is my sound now? Because, I'm, so, for example, you're hearing Atmosphere there, and that is so long ago. Wow, I haven't heard that in years. Um, but that is, like, that is the idea of, literally starting out as a as a singer-songwriter and finding your way and being disciplined enough to be like, I need to get through this material to get to the good stuff. But, like, I need to stick with it. Like, I have to stick with it. Because the good stuff, I think it will come, but it's not going to come until I get through all this. <laughs> so, like, I remember sending, like, at the start, like, I remember sending Atmosphere, and everyone was like, yeah, interesting. Like, that was kind of the reaction I was always getting. It was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of cool. That's, that's very interesting. That's like, and, like, there wasn't any direction to it. It was like finding my way. It was like an experiment, figuring out. And, like, I heard Atmosphere then, and then, like, I sat with it for a while, and I kept writing and writing. And I was like, yeah, okay, uh, this, is, this is the whole purpose of this. I know, I know I'm not going to sound like Atmosphere. I know that's not the direction that I want my stuff to go in. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't like started the process and like went through the atmosphere phase. To close us out, Damien reflects on his journey from 12 years old to now. What would Damien at 12 think of his success today? Let's listen in. What would the 12 year old Damien say to the current touring the United States, Damien? Something I can do better is to not let my work, like, define me as a person. I could probably be better with that in the sense that um, it has become every fiber of, like, my body. Like, I, I fall asleep and I'm thinking about it. I wake up and I'm thinking about it. That's the pros and cons of, like, being an independent artist. That's Would the 12-year-old you be impressed? Yeah, I, I would. I would think so. Yeah, the twelve-year-old me would be like, "How are you here?" <laughs> I would have to be honest with that. I mean, if if you had told me when I was twelve that like with Celtic Thunder you're gonna you're gonna sell three and a half million records, you're gonna 
tour the United States 10 times over, you're going to play the White House. You're going to win the Glee project beyond Glee. I just shot my first movie last year. I think the 12-year-old me pro- probably would have like been happy at that. But there's definitely things that I would have done differently. Like There's things that, that were not perfect. There's career moves I've made that were probably not right. But that that exists for everyone like you know it's again it can't always be ideal you know do you think that even going back to what you're talking about with like you know substances at parties and stuff do you think do you think the 12 year old you was like already making the right decisions like you 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 felt you were on you felt you were on the right path and yeah I've always been really simple um I'm a very easily like pleased human being like I don't need those things which is number one never like forget if like you want them or if like you're at a party and you're tempted one time or like you you know what I mean but like for me personally I don't I don't need them I don't find myself being that person that that, like needs that to like have a good time or whatever or like get a high that you've never had before like chasing something or that's just really not who I've ever been um so, I mean, I think as a 12-year-old, I was, yeah, I was just, I was academically involved. Um, I was, like, I was always battling to, like, be, I hated school, but, like, I was always battling to, like, be top of the class because, like, I'm I'm a really, like, competitive person. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I've always been on a similar path. I haven't really changed that much. I've experienced and learned things, obviously. But um, but I've just grown as, as a person and gained gained a bit of knowledge that I didn't have previously. Do you have any advice for younger artists, writers, singers, actors? Yeah, man, I would, I mean, honestly, like, truly, I can't say this enough, like, work ethic is as important as talent. Like, I've, I've actually seen it firsthand, where um, a person is one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And and the work ethic just, it, it's not there. It doesn't exist. They either want things done for them or they can't motivate themselves to, like, get it done, to, like, get a project done, to set deadlines, to have targets. They just didn't have that. And the talent goes to waste. Talent only takes you so far. Like, I've that's I seen it with that example. So work ethic is genuinely as important, if not more important, than a amount of talent. Um and I would say, you know, sort of like, I would say weigh up your, your like expectations, truthfully, not to like be like a downer, but it's just like weigh up your expectations. Like maybe you won't sell a million records, but you might sell enough to make a living and enough to tour. Like, is that if I think, I think sometimes if you settle with the idea that that's enough for you, then that will benefit you so much. Because lofty ambitions are a great thing, but sometimes they can be, like, overwhelming, you know? Yeah, Bill Withers said something like that. Strive for greatness, but be be cool with whatever comes along the way. 100%, man. It's like, just work for it. And, like, if you're working and making a living, that's that's the first part. Like, that's more than so many other people are doing. And it's really hard to do that. It's like, you can't downplay that um, achievement just because you're not on the EMAs or you haven't won a Grammy. Do you know what I mean? Like... It's some of my favorite artists will never win a Grammy. And it's like, that's all right. I'm pretty sure they're all right with that. I know I would be all right with that. Like, if I win a Grammy, amazing. But, like, if I don't, I'm not lose sleep about it. Like, So I would say, like, 
way up expectations on like reality to be honest yeah you mentioned like seeing some people their like work ethic like be a barrier for Mm -hmm. them getting where they're going has that been difficult I noticed myself like that's difficult with some of my high school friends Mm -hmm. where that same thing they're like so talented and think that like that's all that it is yeah and then I see them like stagnant and it's like difficult for yeah. me i'm like ah i mean I've, I've seen it more often than not like when you're in los angeles you you're surrounded by people that are hoping to just get an audition and get their big break not all of them a lot of them are investing fortunes into acting lessons a lot of them are investing fortunes in the recording sessions like but you're surrounded by the other side of the spectrum as well which is people that are expecting and hoping for a break rather than working for it um, and they're two very different things. And yeah, it is frustrating. But like I, what I've quickly learned is I'm not really sure you can be taught a work ethic. I don't know if that's something that you can be taught. I don't know. I haven't quite figured that out yet. You feel like it's human nature, like someone's essence? I feel, I feel like you either, you either want it or you don't. Like you strike me as the type of person, if you want something, you're going to work really hard for it. And like you're going to strive for it. And you're, 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 not, you're not just going to expect it. Not Not everyone's built like that. I, I mean, I don't know if there's like an answer or a cure or I've, I have no idea. But what I would say is that if you look at the records of highly successful people over the last, I don't know, 50 years, I would say most of them love working hard. Mm-hmm. That's true. But it's hard. I mean, it's, 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 it's not easy. And it's not like every day you wake up and like you want to work hard. Like that's not, it's kind of not how it works. But Yeah. Well, as far as, like, accessibility goes, we all, like, start at different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. In a, like, me personally, my position and situation, I got a break when I was 14. And a lot of people can look at that and be like, well, you'll never really kind of understand what, what it looks like to, like, grind or, like, or start from, like, nothing or, like, re- and I definitely can see that side of it. The other side of it is, is that I've been grinding for 12 years to, like, keep this up, to keep this livelihood, to, like, release music. The record didn't write itself, all these different things. So there really is, like, two sides to everything. So I think even if you're, like, starting looking at a blank page, it's like everybody has to start somewhere. It's going to look different for each person. But that doesn't change the idea that no matter where you start with a better work ethic, it, it will take you further than... Definitely. I also, I, I can't help but think about, like, our students here at Youth on Record mm-hmm. um, because, like, a lot of what we do is provide, like, this empowerment to to young people who have been, um, yeah. uh, like... Disenfranchised. Yeah. Yeah. And um, though there is, there are some people here that are, like, determined, some people do really have a lot of, mm-hmm. like, uh, barriers to get through. Yeah even in their own minds. You yeah, know, they abs- haven't absolutely. been uh, nurtured in a way to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but just tying which it all a, which in is a because... Huge thing. Yeah, tying it all in because we are here at Youth on Record yeah, and, and I think it's important that those things are... Absolutely. Are and I mean, believing on. in yourself is something that... You, it, you, I feel like you learn slowly over time. Well, even having a place like this where you see that you see people recording, you have access to this whole room, you have access to a piano every time. It's like, it's pretty amazing because I know, I know growing up for me, I didn't, 
I didn't even see a, a, I didn't know what a recording studio was like uh and borrowed drums and stuff like that but but yeah the the more the more we can extend to people I think that there's there's still going to be those possibilities of like just not having the accessibility or or you know being disenfranchised yeah. but to have to have any kind of exposure is like more than I think that change I've seen it now with like generations of musicians and that stuff like that was so inaccessible when oh, I was a kid. Yeah. But yeah, you bring up a good point. And that's where it takes it back to the idea that the music industry is now more difficult but easier than it's ever been. It's like everybody can release music now. Yeah. All you have to do is record on your laptop and you put it through like one of those distribution websites and a week later it's on Spotify. But it's harder in the sense that everybody's doing that. So it's like, it's this weird sort of catch-22 thing. Um, and I mean, I think to like to like sign off on that thought would be truly, really and truly, the only thing you can absolutely do to help yourself as much as possible is is be ready for opportunity. Whatever that looks like, however rare or frequent it is, is like... It's in your hands to make sure that whenever it comes, you could get a call tonight and have an opportunity tomorrow, and you need to be ready for that if you're serious about doing this, you know? And I think if you do that, the rest will really take care of itself. So Right on. You know. Damien, it's been really great to talk, and uh, I want to thank my co-host Mona. Thanks to Youth on Record, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, guys. Great talking to you, Mona. Great talking to you. Nice to meet you guys. Later. My Youth on Record is proudly brought to you by Youth on Record, a Colorado nonprofit organization where local teens are empowered to find their voice and value by working with local musicians as their educators. Teens in Youth on Record's programs are working to be both the next generation of creatives as well as community leaders. They do this through music, poetry, and storytelling. My Youth on Record is one of their newest programs. Learn more at www.youthonrecord.org. A big shout out to Oso Motley for our theme music this season. They came to the studio in Denver, jammed with some of the Youth on Record students, and we couldn't be happier. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.